Welcome to Kevin Kev Talking Sports. I am Kev. And I am Kev. NFL schedule, Kev. Yeah, the big news is the NFL schedule. It was exciting. It's cranking up, man. Season is right around the corner. I counted. There's 17 Sundays between now and week one. Oh, Lord. That's an eternity. I know. It sounds like, <laughs> but it sounds, it's not that bad. 17, 17 weeks. What are we going to do between now and then? Let's talk about all of the other sports in one podcast. <laughs> okay. I think we did that last week, right? We got the Indy 500. Yeah. Well, that was trivia. Yeah. <laughs> got some Kentucky Derby trivia in there. Women's soccer. That sounds good. Keep it going. That's the summer. That's the spirit of summer, right? All the sports are in play. Spirit of summer. Yes. We're going to talk about all kinds of other stuff. No NFL for the next 17 weeks. Except about 30 minutes coming up. <laughs> That's right. Right around the corner. Yeah. Well, what's on your mind? We're, we're going to talk NFL schedule here in a little bit. I know a lot of speculation and thoughts about which teams kind of made out good on the schedule and which teams might have a tougher road. But what's on your mind before we get to that? Well, let's do a little uh, like literally next up the Preakness. Yeah. Who's, who's running? Who's running in the Preakness? I was going to say, are you excited for the Preakness? No, I, well, I mean, yes, no, I mean, you, we got we to gotta at least talk about it because, of course, Rich Strike, it, the, the Kentucky Derby mm. champ, isn't going to run. Who knows? Therefore, no one right. will there, watch. Therefore, there's a field of, uh, I think it's nine horses. I'm going to just run the names down for you. And since you <laughs> don't know much about them, I figure you just pick your favorite. Bring it on. Sounds good. All right. We got Epicenter, of course, who finished second in the Derby. Of course. Uh, early voting. Secret Oath, Simplification, Creative Minister. Sounds good. Armagnac, Skippy Longstocking. <laughs> <laughs> Call off the dogs. That's your winner right there. <laughs> there you go. It might be. Uh, Happy Jack. And then there's <laughs> okay. one more. Fenwick is the last one. Oh, my goodness. Epicenter is the uh, super favorite here. Six to five odds. Wow. And really, there's only a couple other horses they think are going to compete. It's early voting and secret oath. I'm just going to throw out the quick prediction here. I say, I say go with the favorite in this race. The Preakness is the shortest race mm. of them all. Yep. Epicenter would have won it had it been that short last week. So Sure. That's my... Yeah, this, this is the race for the, the quick starters. Do you got any thoughts on your uh, pick of the week for the... I, I love Skippy Longstocking. <laughs> 20 to 1. As a name. Yeah. I kind of like creative minister just as a concept. Yeah, I think that that that's about it. Okay. So you got Skippy Longstocking at 20 to 1 and uh creative minister at 10 to 1. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, so, with yeah, check back next week after you've cashed in your your winnings. That's right. Creative minister and Skippy Longstocking. It gives me something to cheer for anyway. All right, let's move on to the NBA. Oh, NBA is is on the radar, man. Yeah. Conference conference finals. We're there. How did we do with our picks? Well, other than expressing your fandom for the Mavs, I, right. I don't know that you made any picks. <laughs> well, no. Well, I think I expressed my fandom for Miami as well because I like their approach to the game. Oh, well, that's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and listen. Yes. <laughs> Go back and listen to episode with Paul. Ah, uh, the episode with Paul. I mean, so the Mavs are, that's your team, like the, oh, yeah. You, you pick them to win the whole thing. I picked them to win the whole thing over Miami. 
uh, Mavs and Heat. I had picked the Grizzlies. However, I will submit, if it please the court, that A, I was under duress. My feet were put to the fire. I had to pick somebody in, in, the, in the heat of the moment, so yeah. to speak. Sure. And I was unprepared for that moment. And <laughs> I could not pick the Warriors because my conscience nor the universe would not allow it. And the other problem is those cheating rascals in Golden State busted Jaws' knee. I know. And locked him out, and that was the end of that. So I think I get a redo, and the Warriors are the most heinous team in NBA history. Yeah, so I think we can all root heavily against the Warriors. I, I had the Mavs already, so I was very yeah. well prepared for that. But I'm glad to see you're on my side in the Western Conference Finals. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, Luca is, it's hard to root against that guy, I, I think. And now, I will say, and we need to bring our man Paul back because I'm sure he's got his own thoughts on this. I will say, yeah. Luca does his share of sort of whining and, and pouting at the refs. But most of the time, I, I mean, that guy's getting clubbed around and beat up. I mean, there are a lot of plays where I think a foul could be called. Now, that isn't to say that the ref should call a foul every time he touches the ball, but he's so darn good, man. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. amazing to see these guys who can step back from 25, 27 feet and just drain it time after time. Yep. Oh, this is, it's a new breed of NBA athlete. I think. Well, it's crazy. I mean, I can barely throw the ball that far and these guys are just flicking the wrist and, and draining it time after time. By the so way, I had the Grizzlies, and yeah. obviously they're out at this point. I'll be rooting for the Mavs all the way. And then I had the, I had the Heat, and uh, they just won uh, game one over the Celtics. Okay. So for the listeners tuning in to get a sense of where, when we're recording this, it's 1-0 in that series, and the Warriors and Mavs are playing tonight. Mavs were already down 10 at the end of the first quarter, unfortunately. God, so the Warriors probably busted Luka's knee. Oh, man, they didn't uh, want to. I think the Heat can take that series over the cell. I mean, I know that sounds kind of silly. They just won game one pretty convincingly, but a lot of the media out there was picking the Celtics, uh, as did our man Paul. Celtics? Paul the Celtics and the Warriors. So he's both of his picks are still alive. Well, there you go. Paul might be the uh, expert we needed. <laughs> he could be. Yeah. He's bringing we some should, relevancy to the NBA. talk to him about this. Yeah. But really, you know, of the group that's left, the Heat would be my team this year. That's a pretty fun, well, scrappy group to watch. So we're both rooting for Mavs Heat in the finals, and we're going to root against each other in the finals. But that's a rematch yeah. of yeah. rematch of 2011 when uh, LeBron was on the Heat. Oh, yeah. And Dirk Nowitzki. Old Dirk. Took him down. MVP Dirk. That was a crazy, crazy series. <clears throat> yeah, I want to see a repeat of that. All of it. All the way. Yep. Except for the heat winning. That's when I hated LeBron. Now, now he's okay. I never liked him on Miami. I liked him on all those other teams. Yeah. So you didn't like him on Miami because it was a little too much of the super team taking my talents to South Beach. Yeah, that, that whole thing rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really like that either. But I, I have to say, I mean, through it all, D-Wade was – it was tough to root against D-Wade. I mean, he's such a good guy. That's true. He's a good and, guy. Uh, and great player. But – all right, so that we got right. that NBA. Good. Anything uh, else happening? Yeah. What else we got? Any? Uh, oh, oh, a little PGA championship this weekend. Oh, PGA. Yeah. LT Gray. I mean, it might be Tiger time. How's Phil doing? Phil uh, is sucking on some pina. 
pina coladas at the old Saudi Arabian headquarters asking for some money. Now, Phil, Phil can't show his face yet. Is Phil really, is, is he not playing just because he didn't want to kind of face the music about all this stuff? I mean, he's just sticking his head in the sand at this point? Pretty much, yeah. He, I forget, he did release a statement, but it was so banal and just devoid of any reasoning that didn't make any, it didn't, doesn't mean anything, so. So there's a, Alan Shipnuck has a new book coming out about Phil. I, I have no idea if you would have any interest in looking at that or, or reading it or mm-hmm. have you heard anything about it. Does it feel like Phil was always a bit of a mirage and now, now we're starting to get a sense of the real guy? You mean the persona? The persona. I mean, he was so beloved. I, I just remember there was this aura that, <clears throat> you know, Tiger was obviously so dominant but there was a little bit of kind of darth vaderness to tiger where you know yeah a lot of people cheered for him or rooted for him but he you kind of get tired of a guy who's so dominant and so phil was like the everyman and just people loved that kind of he's a regular guy out there he wasn't that when he first came out though he was the preppy you know yeah he was he he worked hard to get away from that image i think and so i always thought yeah i mean he's pretty genuine it's it's a lot of work to fake that much. Mm-hmm. Like give Tiger some credit. He doesn't like people that much. And he just acted like an asshole most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did. He just didn't care. <clears throat> he sort of changed his tune lately. But again, is that real? Or is he is he doing mm-hmm. it because PR people tell him to? And he yeah. saw it work for Phil. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, obviously we don't know him. I don't know either. But I, I, do, I do feel like in some ways a catastrophic accident like that all the stuff that he's been through has to bring you know some sense of humility and appreciation for what you have i mean you know he's glad to be alive he's glad to be able to walk so at this point you know playing golf is a bonus and playing competitive golf is a bonus even beyond that so i would imagine some of some of it's real but who the heck knows honestly from where we're sitting you know what's going through his head but okay so my trivia for this week, we have not talked one iota about MLB. Yeah. This past week, there were some oddities in Major League Baseball games that I want to ask you about. Oh. So I do know one of them was the Cincinnati Reds, who we talked about a week ago. The hard luck Reds, who may actually be going for the the futility record got something right for once. They pitched a no hitter against the Pirates. Yeah. And what was unique about that game? Well, they lost the game. They lost the game. So, yeah. how many times in Major League Baseball history has a team thrown a no hitter and lost? Okay, so I've I know of one. I think the Detroit okay. Tigers did it in the late '80s, or early '90s. They they won. They lost four to nothing. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, so this one was this one was one to nothing, right? Yeah. And most of them it, are. It was the result of three walks and then an error on what could have been an inning-ending double, but they fumbled it, and mm-hmm. the Pirates scored the only run and ended up winning. Um, right. It's happened five times in Major League history. Oh, we didn't get. Let me finish. Oh, I was. Oh, sorry. Okay. You, you put a guess out there. One. Oh, no, I said I know of one. I was just, just demonstrating my knowledge. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. just pretend I didn't give you the answer. 
No, it's too late for that. <laughs> too late for that. I, w- I okay. was thinking. I was thinking three or four. So five is okay. You you were ballpark. you were close. Yeah. Right. And I don't I don't have the dates or teams or details. Anyway, let's get on to another one because. Oh, okay. Uh, in another game in the same week, uh, in St. Louis, Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina, mm. one of the great uh, batteries in Major League Baseball history. They have more than 300 games started together, and they became the winningest battery in Major League history with their 203rd victory. Yeah. So whose record did they break? Ah, gosh. I'm going to guess Warren Spahn and I don't know the other guy's name, Joe Capella. Del Crandall. Oh, that was close. Warren Spahn? You got it. I know. I do the answer. (laughs) You nailed it. And how many wins did they have? Well, they had one less than. <laughs> That's right, two hundred and two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very good. Okay, so just a few other little tidbits here. You know, honestly, this is a <clears throat> a really difficult record to research. I, I looked in a number of different outlets, and there there's all kinds of stuff out there about the number of games together, okay. but the wins beyond Warren Spawn and Del Crandall, I really didn't see any records of that. But in terms of games pitched. Do you know uh, any of the other top batters? Oh wow, that's that's a that's, how about Clemens and Gedman? No, I think you know Clemens. I think, but I think he's on the list somewhere. You know, he had one of the catchers mm-hmm. over his career. Actually, it's probably a bunch um, of guys from the old days where they pitched thirty times a year. It's so. the, the old days. So the record. Tom this Fever. is the one that um, Wainwright and Molina are about to break. Is Mickey Lolich and Bill Freehan from Detroit? 324 games. Wow. And then Warren Spahn and Del Crandall, it was 316 games. Obviously, they won 202 of those. What about Dodger batteries? Can you think of any of the great Dodger tandems over the years? Oh, how about Jerry Royce and Mike Dempsey? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What about Don Drysdale? Drysdale and, uh, oh, who's the catcher? Can't remember. John Roseboro. No, uh, Roseboro, yeah. He's the one that had the Roseboro. back cracked over his head, yeah. They played 283 games together. Okay. Sandy Koufax and John Roseboro played 208. Wow. The one I thought you might get is Fernando Valenzuela and Mike Sosha. Oh. 239 games together. I was close. I said Jerry Royce. He was... You were, yeah. Same, same generation. Era. Same yeah. era, yeah. So, one more thing. In that okay. same game... Albert Pujols did something. Oh, wonderful. he was, yeah. What did he do? He pitched. He pitched. He gave up a he dinger did. or two you, dingers. You remember? How, how did he do? I think he gave up a couple dingers. He gave up a couple dingers and four runs. Oh, boy. Um, nonetheless, he joined a, a very exclusive club. Players who have hit 600 home runs and pitched <laughs> okay. at least one inning in MLB. And Ooh. how many players have done that? Well, I'm sure Babe Ruth did it. Uh, I'm going to say, gosh, who else might have done it? I guess it's just two. Yep. Two? That, that, that is an exclusive club. <laughs> it is. It's, it's only Babe Ruth. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw anything. About, I mean, that it was a really fun kind of end to the game. And the Cardinals were ahead something like 15 to 2 or something. You know, so the outcome was of no yeah. consequence. But that's the kind of thing that – you know, people complain about Major League Baseball games being too long or boring or whatever, but it, it's moments like that 
Yeah. You know, imagine being in the stadium to see something like that, that basically has never happened before, you know, won't happen again in any of our lifetimes. And, you know, you're there. Yeah. That's pretty and, neat stuff. I mean, those, those are the kind of moments when major league baseball is just about as good as it gets. Yep. It's good story time. Good, good stuff for everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was good trivia. I like baseball trivia. I'm happy you uh, mixed that in there. I went in a different direction with mine. Oh, all right. NBA trivia. Okay. Okay. You ready gotcha. for this? I'm ready. All right. So I'm going to figure out how I'm going to phrase this, but I'm going to talk a little bit about background. So it's it's the conference finals now. Do you know what year the conference finals officially started? Oh, um, 1974. Pretty good. 1971. Ah, so this would be the 51st Eastern and Western Conference Finals. And you can probably easily name the teams that have been in the most conference finals for each conference, right? Possibly. I would think it's the Lakers and the Celtics, but... That's correct. Yeah. And so the question is about teams that have been had the most appearances in the conference finals for each side. Celtics and Lakers, of course, are one and two at 23 for the Lakers and 21 for Boston. Yeah. And by the way, the Lakers are 19 and four in conferences, uh, Western Conference Finals. Pretty good. That's pretty crazy. All right. So after the Lakers and after the Celtics, I've got the next six or so listed. So just name a few. Let's see how well you can uh, what comes to mind for you. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of crazy because you go back to 71. There's all kinds of different teams that have kind of risen and fallen. Yeah. Okay. Well, I need to guess something here before we just sit here in silence. Let, let me throw out the 76ers. Uh, no, they're one of the teams that's bunched up in the middle. The Bulls? The Bulls are, uh, yeah, fourth on the list at 11. Well, what about the Heat? Nope, not the Heat. Not, not that many yet. Too, they're, too they're, recent. Yeah, they're getting uh, into the middle of the pack there. Uh, San Antonio. Yeah, San Antonio is number three on the list. Yeah. I was thinking about like the Rockets. No, they're, they're still uh, a middling team. Uh, all right. I think I I'm guess, about tapped out. All right. Pistons, Seattle, o OKC, and Phoenix are the teams that are all in double digits. Seattle. Seattle, Ooh, OKC. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, man. Seattle is a, that would have been a reach for me to ever land on them. So just let me finish this up real quick. The 23 of the 30 NBA franchises have at least one conference title. That's pretty good. Mm. So there's six, six teams that have been to the conference finals and never won. There's two teams that have never been to the conference finals at all. The Charlotte and New Orleans are the two teams that have never been. Denver, Minnesota, Atlanta, Sacramento, Memphis, and the Clippers have all appeared in the conference finals but never won it. Wow. So there you go. All right. Yep. So is it NFL time now? It's schedule time, man. So now we get to start making predictions and figuring things out. I mean, there's already, yeah, we're, we're falling behind the times. I mean, there's already a bunch of people out there. They've got their wins predictions for each team. They've got odds. Yeah. So what, what do you, uh, what do you want to look at? Well, I, I mean, I've looked through a bunch of different schedules. Let's just start with the Rams and Cincinnati, for example. Ooh, okay. I looked through the Cincinnati schedule and their final eight games. Listen to this yep. murderer's row. They go Steelers, Titans, K 
KC, Cleveland, Tampa, Patriots, Bills, and Ravens. Yep. And like six of those eight are on the road or something. It's crazy. Or five. Of, I think it's five out of eight. So that's pretty – that's going to be tough for old Bengals to get back. Yes. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the Bengals. That was one of the teams that I jotted down, and I wrote down those exact eight games. <laughs> oh, you did? Yes. <laughs> well, sorry. You know, no, no, no. I mean, that just tells you this is something that kind of jumps out. So what I drew from that is they need to get off to a good start. You know, we kind of speculated about them not making the playoffs. Yeah. That schedule is brutal. I mean, if they're not, what do you think? I mean, if they're not like six and two after their first eight games, because that list that you mentioned, I mean, listen, the Bengals are, are, by all accounts, there's going to be a good team again. But I've said many times, as much as I kind of rooted for them in the playoffs, they they sort of caught lightning in a bottle. I'm just not sure that that's reproducible over a 17-game schedule. And that stretch you talk about, I mean, they could go two and six to finish the year, three and five. They could, know? right. I mean, I mean, four and four would be really good against, against that schedule. For sure. I may have to throw some money against old Cincinnati. Old Cincinnati. Yeah. We got to see what are the odds that they don't make the playoffs. Hmm, that's a good question. Could be something to look at. So you mentioned the Rams. What, what were you thinking with them? Well, you know what? I actually somehow didn't get too much into the Rams as much as I should have, except for that opening opening game against the bills. That'll be, uh, yeah, that'll be something. Yeah. It's crazy. So, so I wrote down the, the Rams, very similar. I think they have a really tough schedule. So yeah. the, the NFC West drew the AFC West as their opponent. Oh, so right. they have yeah. to play in addition to an already tough schedule. They have to play that murderer's row, you know, chiefs, Broncos, chargers, etc. They also play the bills, as you mentioned in the first game. So here's their finishing stretch. So we talked about the Bengals. From November 20th on their last eight games at the Saints, at the Chiefs, versus the Seahawks, versus the Raiders, at the Packers, versus Broncos, at Chargers, Mm. at Seahawks. Wow. Now, not all of those games are brutal, but, I mean, you're talking, you know, five to six out of the eight. I'm not sure the Rams are even going to be favored. You know, you're talking about Super Bowl defending champions. Yeah. So, and and again, they have a lot of tough games early in the schedule too. I'm not going to sit here and say they're not going to make the playoffs either, because, in part because I think they're still clearly the the best team in their division. Although we might debate that, but that's a tough schedule, man. It's super tough schedule. Yeah, well, yeah. The, I think the Niners are still the best team. So, so you don't you don't even think the Rams are the best team in there? I mean, if they don't win that division, they 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 could be in real trouble. Yeah, they're the team I'm down on the most probably in the offseason. So, yeah, wow. but they, you know, whatever. I'm still not over the Super Bowl. So, well, I, I just think the schedule doesn't do them any favors. Yeah. So you mentioned the 49. Maybe we'll flip things a little bit. I don't know if you looked at the 49ers much. I don't have their whole schedule. I think they got a, a pretty favorable schedule. Like the Rams, they have to face the AFC West, but their toughest games are at home. They get the the Chiefs are at the 49ers on October 23rd. Chargers are at the 49ers on November 13th. And the Bucks are at the 49ers on December 11th. I mean, you flip a few of those around and they have to play them on the road. That's a much, I'm not saying they're going to win them all. Yeah. 
but it definitely helps. And, and a lot of the rest of their schedule is relatively soft. So I think compared to the Rams, anyway, they have a much easier yeah, well, schedule. Did that's you, what happened. Did you look yeah, at but, that? Or? Yeah, well, the Rams were the first place team, so they have to play the other first place teams. Yep, that's and, right. Uh, Niners get to play the second place teams, which is, hey, I mean, that's a big deal, especially in the NFC where there's the top teams are pretty good and the second and third and fourth teams are awful. Yep. So, well, yeah. so who, who else are you looking at? Well, I heard you mentioned Seattle. Did you notice who they're opening up with? I did. Yes. Uh, they, they get Russell Wilson coming, coming yeah. back home, right? Monday Isn't night football. Crazy? Monday night football with Russ Wilson going back to Seattle. Yes. That cannot be an accident, right? No, that's good stuff. <laughs> oh, of course it's not an accident. No. Yeah. Yeah, that that was one I had kind of jotted down as as one of the marquee games to watch, you know. Um, but week one in general is just loaded, right? You mentioned the Bills at the Rams, Steelers at the Bengals, Patriots at the Dolphins, Raiders at the Chargers, mm. Buccaneers at the Cowboys on Sunday night football, although I don't particularly care about that one so much, but a lot of uh, attention paid to that matchup. And then the Broncos at the Seahawks on Monday Night Football, like you mentioned. What a week one. NFL knows how to do it. They sure do. And we're, we're miles away from predicting that week's slate of games. Well, but as I'm, you were as you were running down the list, I was making some picks in my head. So yes, I mean I, I'm already a little scared about that week one. Yeah, week one is impossible in the NFL. Week ones are always tough anyway, and then you know you yeah. throw out these division games. I didn't look at it closely enough, but are there any just sort of gimmies in the in week one? I honestly thought Denver at Seattle was, was the biggest gimme of them all. So ah, yeah, but I haven't looked at the advanced lines i'm sure they're out but i haven't looked at them yeah I'm, I'm glancing at it right now you're right i mean just because some of these matchups are intriguing doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be close ravens right. are at the jets the colts are at the texans giants are at the titans so those are some somewhat lopsided matchups that we'll we'll talk more about when we get there yeah another another scheduling issue just for fantasy football purposes the colts are on by in week 14, which means Jonathan what? Taylor and yeah, week 14. That's a fantasy football issue because that's usually either the first that's week the of the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Or the last round. Maybe some some leagues go last round of the regular season in week 14. But so that, now that things deal. have expanded to 17 games. Right. With the buy so we've got 18 weeks on the yeah, schedule. 18, 18 right? right. Yeah, that's right. So week 14, maybe your playoffs are week 15, 16, and 17. But um, yeah, you're right. Some leagues, I mean, that's going to that's gonna eh. muddy the playoffs. Just one of those little things to watch out for in the fantasy drafts, which are, that's only about three months away. Yeah. Well, hey, we, we've got we've to gotta dip our toes into the fantasy waters as well. Yeah. I know the legions of listeners are going to want to hear what we have to say about that. Well, we should dabble a little bit in that. Yes, I agree. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Okay. Other schedule notes. All right. So um, the chiefs, I think they got a pretty tough schedule. Yeah. You know, this is, this is one of those where, I mean, I've really been talking up the chiefs in the off season and Paul picked them as, as his super bowl pick, which you loved. Yeah. So their opening game, their first eight games at the Cardinals, 
home against the Chargers, but that's Thursday. And they got, you know, four days in between those two games at the Colts, at the Bucks, versus the Raiders, versus the Bills, at the 49ers, and versus the Titans. Wow. And it's not a whole lot easier after that. Just off the top of your head, I mean, how many of those first eight, what do you think the Chiefs' record is going to be coming out of those first eight? Well, I mean, last year, what were they? They were like three and five or something, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, right. that, could, that could happen again, and they're, and they're still good enough to get, get to the – They are, but that division is really tough. Yeah. And so it's like how far in a hole do you want to put yourself – I mean, again, you, you kind of look at it the same way when I talk about the Rams. That doesn't mean they're going to lose all those games, but holy sp- – I mean, there's not a gimme in the bunch. So, yeah, maybe they're four and four after the, the first eight. I think if they go four and four, they're in fine shape because, like you said, the end, the end of the year schedule is a little more manageable for them. So, you know, the playoffs now, you need, what, 10, 10 wins, I guess. Yeah. So you got – Anyone who's got 10 wins is going to have to have a six and two stretch almost by definition. So, yeah, I mean, six and two. Yeah. And again, that I'm not saying the Chiefs missed the playoffs because of that, but it 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 makes it a tougher road. You know, let's say that. And maybe you you tweak your prediction season wins. You know, maybe they're one or two less than you might have thought just based on the, the schedule. Right. Did anything else jump out at you? Like any teams on the on the good or bad side of the schedule? I don't know. I think the Cowboys and Eagles and that division has got a pretty good mm-hmm. pretty good draw for schedule this year. Oh, what about that Steelers thing I, I mentioned to you? Did you see that yeah, one? I did. I, I have not really looked at the schedule itself, but it but it's interesting. Actually, you, you talk about it for a second. I'll pull it up. Yeah, I think what I, I think what I read was that the Steelers don't have any games outside of the Eastern time zone this year, which is I like that incredible. Like they have the shortest travel distance of any team in like 30 years or something. Nice. Which, you know, you would think, I guess the Ravens would have a similar schedule, but there's always one little quirky thing in the schedule where you play an unusual team. So, yeah, I, I still think, you know, the biggest issue for the Steelers is, how are they going to hold up against that division? Ravens, Bengals, Brown. Like, what are the Browns going to be? 0-6 is on the table, you know, just in the division. I'm not yeah. saying that they go winless, but those are three tough matchups. I'm just taking a gander at the rest of the schedule. So they get the Buccaneers at home. That's tough. They're at the Colts. Oh, at the Bills. It's another tough one. At the Eagles. That's an interesting game, actually, um, October 30th. Interstate rival. I don't know what to make of the Eagles. I mean, they're another team that's done a lot of good things in the offseason. A lot of people talking them up in that division. So, I mean, if they're as good as advertised, I mean, that's another tough one on the Steelers' schedule. Do, do the Steelers have their first losing season in the Tomlin era? No, I think Tomlin may be out in a year or two, but – I don't think he's ever going to have a losing season in Pittsburgh. I think he'll figure out a way to get them. They'll be better off this year at quarterback. So, I mean, Roethlisberger just, uh, he was just, he was done. Well, it's true. I mean, I talked about that in our, you know, post-draft conversation. I thought they did well in the draft. I think they've done reasonably well in the whole off season. Me too. But yeah, you start looking at a schedule like this. And, and again, I mean, if they can't at least hold their own in the division, 
there's enough tough games on the schedule that it could could be a struggle for them. But you know, you gotta gotta figure they'll find a way because they always seem to find a way. Yeah, I think um, Bills. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, the teams that finish near the top tend to have tougher schedules anyway because they have to play the other top teams. They're another team. They're the start of their season at the Rams, home against the Titans, at the Dolphins, at the Ravens versus the Steelers, at the Chiefs, and versus mm. the Packers. I mean, that's a tough first seven games. Yeah, that's the truth. The difference for them, their second half is a lot easier. You know, some of those other, like the Chiefs, it, it eases up a little bit, but they still have quite a few tough games in the second half. So the Bills, I mean, even if they kind of limp, you know, three and four coming out of the gate, they could they could still, you know, turn things around. And – as you have picked them consistently as your Super Bowl team, you know, they're supposed to beat all those teams anyway. Right. And and they will. At least most of them. Did you look at Tampa's schedule at all? Talk about it real quick and I'll pull it up just to see. Well, if I was just thinking, out. you know, but you got Atlanta and the Saints and the Panthers. That's six wins right there. I mean, Saints are toughs, man. They yeah. they've been beating they've been beating up on the Bucks in that division. I've been I've been thinking about apologizing to Tom Brady because, you know, I said, oh, you know, he's just a luck bag. And he was in he the AFC that East. Phrase, luck bag. Yeah. He was in the AFC East where they never had any competition. Yeah. And now I look, I'm sorry. Yeah. The NFC South is now that's where it's at. He is no longer a luck bag. Yeah. It's all skill. Is this an apology? An official <laughs> apology? I'm apologizing <laughs> to myself for ever considering <laughs> apologizing to that guy. You can't apologize to yourself. <laughs> it's my it's my segment. I can do whatever I want. I, I am sorry, me. It's for saying Kev, what I said. <laughs> Kev apologizes to self. That's the title of this podcast. Oh, come on. You before the season is done, you will be apologizing to Tom Brady. I guarantee it. Now, well, oh, speaking of Tom Brady, what do you think about Drew Brees coming back this year? Oh, come on. Come on. That's nothing but a bunch of fluff and hot air. Was he trying to start a bidding war for somebody who's already lost his job? Oh, there's no way he's coming back. He's done. Oh, you want him to so badly. (laughs) No, they've got Jameis. They don't need Drew Brees. That would be a downgrade. But think about that, though. Jameis got replaced by Tom Brady and then Drew (laughs) Brees. That that would be all-time trivia right there. No, come on. I mean, 50 years from now, two guys are going to be doing a podcast saying, name the guy that was the quarterback that Tom Brady replaced and then Drew Brees replaced uh, him later. No, there's no way. And he's a number one draft pick overall. That's good trivia. That is good trivia, but that, that cannot happen. I said the same thing about Tom Brady coming back, but Drew, Drew Brees, that cannot happen. So the Bucks are at the Cowboys, then at the Saints. That's two losses right there. Then the Packers and Chiefs. I mean, that, that's a tough opening month. Okay, yeah, you're right. They get, but they get the hard games out of the way early. That's true. I mean, and they, you know, I look at the NFL schedule a lot. Like, of course, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but sometimes the schedules put all the hard games early and mm-hmm. let, the, let the teams they want to cruise at the end. I mean, look at the Cowboys this year. The Cowboys finished with the Jaguars, the Texans, and the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, how does that happen? <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. That's that's pretty nice. Well, to your point, I mean, the second half of their schedule is a lot softer than the first half. 
They're at the 49ers on December 11th. The Bengals come to Tampa on December 18th. So that's a good game. It's a good game. But again, I, 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 I don't think the Bengals are going to be what they were a year ago. Yeah, I agree. So they have a stretch, which is kind of interesting. In the first half of the season, here's their home games. Packers, Chiefs, Ravens, Rams, and then throw in the Falcons and the Seahawks. So all those games are at home. Okay. So that it's another kind of sequence where I, I mentioned it with the 49ers. I mean, they ha- there's obviously some tough games in there, but they're all at home. Packers. Did I hear you say Packers? Yeah. No, that's a real good one. Okay. Yeah. Week, week three Packers at Bucks. It reminds so, me. So of- yeah, you know, I jotted down that they have a tough schedule. They have a lot of tough teams on their schedule, but the way they're distributed, I think they, they should be just fine. Remember the old Chris Berman bit he loved the uh, battle of the bays green bay and tampa bay and oh yeah that's back when they both were terrible well any anything else uh on your mind no you want to just wrap it up with our super bowl predictions as as they stand well yeah sure what what do you uh are you are you changing your pick again no i just like to check in every time and see where we're at you know, it, it's really just a test if I can remember what I have picked. <laughs> right. Well, that too. Well, I, I keep I think about it all the time. Um, yeah, I'm sticking with Tampa and Denver for now. So even even with your uh, analysis of the Tampa schedule, that helps me solidify Tampa for now. So yeah, I think. Uh, well, I, I'm sticking with the Chargers and the Bucks. I have not really perused the uh, Chargers schedule. But the AFC West matched up against the NFC West. Yeah, that's fireworks. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some challenging games just by default in there. So, but you know, the Chargers have done so many good things in the off season. I think they're. Um, I'm sticking with them for now. Okay. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. All right. How's that for a teaser? That is. A- Nobody can resist that. Tune in a week from now. I'll make the same pick I just made. (laughs) Live and on the air. Yep. Live and on the air. All right. All right. Well, we uh, put a bow on this one. I think we got, I think it's time. Uh, I I enjoyed that one, but uh, can't wait for football to get back. Only 17.